Hi folks, I am Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on the 6th of May 2011. Newcomers should look into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com. You'll find hundreds of audios for download and peruse them at your leisure. Hopefully you'll find that I've given you shortcuts to understanding this massive complex superstructure of a system which rises way above and encompasses everything to do with government, way beyond government. They tell governments what to do. A system that's been in place for an awful long time. It has the future planned as it planned the recent past, your parents' past, and so on. We've all lived through parts of ongoing agendas. So help yourself to these audios and you'll find out how it's done. Just as we've been programmed today to look forward to a different kind of future, a planned future too. They're telling you what kind of future is going to be. They have been for years with austerity and the greening movements and all the rest of it. They're telling you what kind of future you're moving into. And then you can add on to Agenda 21 from the United Nations and all the other sustainability programs and you'll find out you're going back to the old feudal village system. They always tell you where they're taking you. It's just that most folk can't tie it all together and see it's a deliberate design by those who control the world. It's controlled basically through money, and money uh, buys governments, and money buys their armies too. It's very simple. Lots of think tanks involved. So help yourself to the audios. Remember, all the sites listed on the comm site have transcripts for download and prints up too. Uh, of a lot of talks I've given, not all of them, but a lot of them. And you can also get uh, transcripts in other languages in alanwattsentinel.eu. Help yourself to the variety offered. Remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you. I don't uh, push any particular products to save your lives under any circumstances or catastrophe. And... Um, and hopefully you can keep me going by supporting me. You can buy the books and discs I have for sale at the cuttingthroughthematrix.com and from the U.S. to Canada. Remember, personal checks are good, so is cash, and you can also use an international postal money order from the U.S. to Canada from your post office. And across the world, you can, you can also use PayPal, too, of course, to order. Use the donation button and follow it with an email with name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. Cross the rest of the world, Western Union, MoneyGram, and you can also use PayPal to order by using the donation button. And remember, straight donations are certainly really uh, appreciated because uh, every time this time of year comes around, all the different things to do with the Internet roll around too, all your payments for the sites and so on. Uh, all that has to be renewed, and it's a lot of cash to keep all that stuff up there. And then the reason I have so many sites up there is because I kept getting them pulled or broken or they wouldn't uh, allow me to expand, increase my disk space at Yahoo and so on. So I had to go into other sites uh, at the last minute and now I've got a whole bunch of them, which I suppose maybe uh, it could be useful in the future too when you start pulling them off. But I, I, they'll go for them all, I think, when they, when they eventually start pulling them off through some strange ubiquitous law, which will come, of course. But as I say, on this particular broadcast, I try and show you the system as it is. And even show you sometimes how when you think you're fighting the system, sometimes you're actually being sucked into it 
through other, other means. You can be disabled, remember, through fear. And fear is a psychological operation technique. And it's well understood. Uh, they've been using it in horror movies for years, and you don't even know it. The techniques are very simple because they stimulate the amygdala in the brain. And the amygdala really will respond to watching a horror movie. And because you identify with the heroes, will they escape, will they be killed by this awful monster? And you'll hear the driving music that really puts you into a fight-or-flight syndrome. And that can be used as a method of propaganda, too. And it actually it is. So be very, very careful what, who you allow into your brain, because you want to be in control of it yourself, I would hope. I would hope. That's what I try to do on this particular broadcast. Back with more after this break. Folks, we're cutting through the matrix, and last night I talked about constant conflicts uh, from the Army War College uh, quarterly, and they basically gave you a good part of the agenda there. You tie it in, of course, with uh, the New American Century group, a private group. Uh, many of them were involved in, in actually in politics, and some of them became high members of the U.S. government, of course, and they had it drafted out in the early 90s, and then they reiterated in about 97 that their agenda was to take out all these countries, which are now being taken out across uh, the Middle East and, and, and elsewhere. And they wanted to start with Afghanistan, then Iraq, and then perhaps Iran. They weren't sure it was Iran next, or Libya, and so on, and, and eventually Syria after Egypt. So you find this was all planned this way. You have to, if you don't understand the New American Century and you haven't got the patience to look it up, well, tough luck on you because you'll never really understand what this is all about. It's all about uh, an old agenda, very old agenda, and, of course, the groups of the New American Century are also members of Trilateral Commissions, Council on Foreign Relations Commission, and the Royal Institute of International Affairs because Carol Quigley, the historian for this group, for the Council on Foreign Relations in America, the American branch of it, uh, admitted himself that the U.S., for instance, and Britain hadn't elected uh, an independent prime minister or president since the late 1800s. They all belonged to this group that believed that they, with their superior culture, etc., had the right to rule the world, to basically rule the world and force a common culture across it. So you're going through this particular phase right now. And as I say, that tied in with the article last night because, of course, you must have the higher uh, echelons of the military involved in all of this to understand what's happening. They must be involved in that psychological operations and and uh, intelligence is way above the normal field intelligence officer. Uh, they have degreed systems, much like the CIA too, all compartmentalized right up to the top ones. And you're going through, as I say, the takedown and standardization of the world. But it's not to be like, rah, rah, we win, uh, not in the least. They're also waging war at the people's back home as well because they don't look upon the peasant of the Middle East any more differently from the peasant of the USA, Canada, or Britain, or China for that matter. So you've got to get that through sometimes our thick skulls. And talking about thick skulls, tonight I'm going to touch on an article I also uh, read out um, some time back. And it was also from the U.S. Army War College. 
because it ties in with what's happening to all, all of us today, again, as did last night's particular talk. And it ties in as well from another talk I gave, and I put up a link to it on February the 14th on CNN video on microwave on, uh, and plasma weaponry, but it also touched on uh, very low-frequency weaponry and high-frequency weaponry to do with the human brain. They were already well into that back in the 80s. This is 1985. So I'll put that link up tonight because it ties in with tonight's talk. And this is from the Army War College again. It's 1998, pages 84 to 92. And it says here, that the human body, much like a computer, remember, this, I'll put this up tonight for the link, you can look it up for yourself at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. The human body, much like a computer, contains myriad data processors. They include, but not are limited to, the chemical electrical activity of the brain, the heart, peripheral nervous system, the signals sent from the cortex region of the brain to other parts of our body, the tiny hair cells in the inner ear that process auditory signals, and the light-sensitive retina and cornea of the eye that process visual activity. We're on the threshold of an era in which these data processors of the human body may be manipulated or debilitated. Examples of unplanned attacks on the body's data processing capability are well documented. So they can do it, you understand? And they've been doing it for a long time. And they say that uh, strobe lights have been known to cause epileptic seizures. That's very old information. Not long ago in Japan, children watching television cartoons were subjected to pulsating lights that caused seizures in some and made others very sick. That was a psychological operation that was admitted later too. Defending friendly and targeting adversary data processing capabilities of the body appears to be an area of weakness in the U.S. approach to information warfare theory, a theory orientated heavily towards systems data processing and designed to attain information dominance on the battlefield. And then he goes on to say this, or so it would appear from information in the open, unclassified press. See, they sneer at the unclassified press because, you see, unclassified press takes their, their info from these guys, and that's how you get your indoctrination. And it all goes through a central processing for all, the, including Reuters. They're all working together. This U.S. Uh, shortcoming may be a serious one. And it's not a shortcoming either. That's a lie. They always, it's just like the missile crisis. Oh, we don't have enough missiles and not big enough ones, and the Russians have got better ones and, and all that nonsense. Is they, they, they sucked up all your tax money and used them for other purposes, like this, this particular purpose here. Anyway, it says the U.S. shortcoming may be a serious one since the capabilities to alter the data processing systems of the body already exist. A recent edition of the U.S. News and World Report highlighted several of these wonder weapons, such as acoustics, microwaves, lasers, and noted that scientists are searching the electromagnetic and sonic spectrums for wavelengths that can affect human behavior. That's what uh, Brzezinski was talking to about years before this particular article, when he was uh, up there with the NSA, and he talks about psychotronic warfare. So a recent Russian military article offered a slightly different slant to the problem, declaring that humanity stands on the brink of a psychotronic war, with the mind and body as a focus. That article discussed Russian and international attempts to control the psychophysical condition of man and his decision-making processes by the use of VHF, 
generators, noises, cassettes, and other technologies. Some of that, as I say, is in the links from CNN, and I'll put them up again tonight, done in the 80s. Old stuff. They didn't make this stuff to stand and admire it and say, my God, that's pretty. I mean, they make this stuff to use, you understand? An entirely new arsenal of weapons based on devices designed to introduce subliminal messages to alter uh, the body's psychological and data processing capabilities might be used to incapacitate individuals. These weapons aim to control or alter the psyche or to attack the various sensory and data processing systems of the human organism. That's all you are now is a human organism. In both cases, the goal is to confuse or destroy the signals that normally keep the body in equilibrium. This article examines energy-based weapons, psychotronic weapons, and other developments designed to alter the ability of the human body to process stimuli. One consequence of this assessment is that the way we commonly use the term information warfare, and it falls short when the individual soldier, not his equipment, becomes the target of attack. Information warfare theory and the data processing elements of humans. In the U.S., The common conception of information warfare focuses primarily on the capabilities of hardware systems such as computers, satellites, and military equipment, which process data in various forms. According to Department of Defense Directive S3600.1 of December 9, 1996, information warfare is defined as an information operation conducted during times of crisis or conflict to achieve or promote specific objectives over a specific adversary or adversaries. That can also be the domestic population, remember. An information operation is designed in the same directive as actions taken to affect adversary information and information systems while defending one's own information and information systems. These information systems like the heart of the modernization effort of the U.S. Armed Forces and other countries and manifest themselves as hardware, software, communications capabilities, and highly trained individuals. Recently, the U.S. Army conducted a mock battle that tested these systems under simulated combat conditions. U.S. Army Field Manual 10151, Operational Terms and Graphics, released 30 September 97, defines information warfare as actions taken to achieve information superiority, by affecting a hostile information, uh, a hostile, hostiles information, information-based processes, and information systems, while defending one's own information inf- uh, processes and information systems, the same manual defines information operations as continuous military operation within the military information environment that enables, enhances, and protects friendly forces' ability to collect, process, and act on information to achieve an advantage across the full range of military operations. Information uh, operations include uh, interacting with the global information environment and exploiting or denying an adversary's information and decision capabilities. This system's approach to the study of information warfare emphasizes the use of data. You you, got to remember one thing through all of this particular article. You are the target. You are the target, whether some supposed enemy is going to influence your mind or your government's psyops or ops are going to influence your mind. They're battling over you. Since this system's approach to the study of information warfare emphasizes the use of data, 
referred to as information to penetrate an adversary's physical defenses that protect data in order to obtain operational or strategic advantage. It has tended to ignore the role of the human body as an information or data processor in this quest for dominance, except in those cases where an individual's logic or rationale thought may be upset via information or deception. As a consequence, little attention is directed towards protecting the mind and the body with a firewall, as we have done with hardware systems. Nor have any techniques for doing so been prescribed. Yet the body is capable not only of being deceived, manipulated or misinformed, but also shut down or destroyed, just as any other data processing system. The data the body receives from external sources, such as electromagnetic, vortex or acoustic, and I'll carry on with this actually. It's a very important article for those who can follow it. Back after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix and reading about technologies that do exist and they're being used actually, they've been used for many years now and at lower frequencies, but they can certainly step it up and make it more powerful. But this is from the Army War College and it says here, uh, to do with the body itself, um, they say they can actually shut down or destroy the body, the human body just as any other data processing system. Remember, all data, even noise, music, everything is data. The way the pixels are arranged on a screen is data. A lot of it's subconscious too. You don't even notice, but it can actually alter you because it goes into your subconscious. It can actually affect the way that the uh, certain s- signals are sent to different parts of your brain. It can lower or, or increase your heart rate, for instance, stuff like that. And they admit that at the Pentagon. They've actually got what they call viruses with it that put out certain pixels, uh, flashing pixels, clusters together and with a particular noise and they can actually deceive the heart and the, the signals that get to the heart to make it beat and literally bring on cardiac arrest. This, this little innocent tool that you bought, because it's your personal computer, right? It's not, it's not theirs, it's yours, right? <laughs> Anyways, it says here uh, that... Um, uh, just as any other data processing system, the data that and uh, the body receives from external sources, such as electromagnetic vortex or acoustic energy waves, or creates through its own electrical or chemical stimuli, can be manipulated or changed just as the data, which is information in any hardware system, can be altered. The on- now he lies here. The only body-related information warfare element considered by the United States is psychological operations, which is a lie because the U.S. misses nothing to do with weaponry. They put more money into than any other country into all of this stuff. But you have to see that because it's a published article. And it says here, so it's, it's talking about PSYOP operations. In joint publication 313.1, uh, for example, PSYOP is listed as one of the elements for, of command and control warfare. The publication notes that the ultimate target of information warfare is the information-dependent process, whether human or automated. Command and control warfare, C2W, is an application of information warfare in military operations. C2W is the integrated use of PSYOPs, military deception, Operation security, electronic warfare, and physical destruction. Not bad, eh? From these little 
uh, invisible waves that we get. One source defines information as a nano-accidental signal used as an input to a computer or communications system. The human body is a complex communication system constantly receiving non-accidental and accidental signal inputs, both external and internal. If the ultimate target of information warfare is information-dependent process, whether human or automated, then the definition in the joint publication implies that human data processing of internal and external signals can clearly be considered an aspect of information warfare. Foreign researchers have noted the link between humans as data processors. See, they're considering you because you are a processor of data. And the conduct of information warfare. While some study only uses psychological operations link, others go beyond it. As an example of the former, one recent Russian article described offensive information warfare as as designed to use the Internet channels for the purpose of organizing psyops as well as for early political warning of threats to American interests. The author's assertion was based on the fact that all, listen to this now, all mass media are used for psychological operations. That's exactly what I've been telling you folks. For the harder thinking, I'll repeat that part. The author's assertion was based on the fact that all mass media are used for psychological operations. And today this must include the internet. This must include the internet, it says. The author asserted that the Pentagon wanted to use the Internet to reinforce psychological influences during special operations conducted outside the U.S. borders to enlist sympathizers who would accomplish many of the tasks previously entrusted to special units of the U.S. armed forces. Now, that's called soft power and color revolutions, and and they manage it all through psychological operations and giving out the propaganda to these people who think they're going to be liberating themselves. Others, however, look beyond simple psychological operations, ties to consider other aspects of the body's data processing capability. One of the principal open source researchers on the relationship of information warfare to the body's data processing capability is Russian Dr. Viktor Solntsev of the Bauman Technical Institute in Moscow. Solntsev is a young, well-intentioned researcher striving to point out to the world the potential dangers of the computer operator interface. Supported by a network of institutes and academies, Saltsev has produced some interesting concepts. He insists that man must be viewed as an open system instead of simply an organism or closed system. As an open system, man communicates with his environment through information flows and communications media. One's physical environment through uh, electromagnetic, gravitational, acoustic, or other effects can cause a change in the psychophysiological condition of an organism. So he's talking about the physical changes it can cause in you too. Understand that. In Solnsev's opinion, uh, it says, change of this sort could directly affect the mental state and consciousness of a computer operator. This would not be electronic war or information warfare in the traditional sense, but rather in a non-traditional and non-U.S. sense. It might encompass, for example, a computer modified to become a weapon by using its energy output to emit acoustics that debilitate the operator. It might also encompass, as indicated below, futuristic weapons aimed against man's open system. You see, the mind has no firewall. Back with more after this break.
You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back. Cutting through the matrix and and basically reading a, a very interesting article from the U.S. Army War College. Remembering, too, uh, that if you understand how you're reading it, they're seeing a lot more because most folk don't uh, don't realize that um, uh, this is not classified as top secret, obviously, but it's, they, they do know that, that the ones who wrote it, that the public would read it, but they wouldn't understand it, and they wouldn't retain it if they did read it. But anyway, uh, because these weapons have been used in you for a long time, that's why I'm saying that. But anyway, it says here, uh, Solstev also ex- examined the problem of information noise. Now, information noise, in the sense they're talking about here, is like microwave for cell phones. Every All kinds of data uh, uh, information uh, delivery systems basically uh, give out data. And you might just get warm with it or whatever or, or get ringing in the ears, but it's all data. They call it data. So the problem is information noise, which creates a dense shield between a person and external reality. This noise may manifest itself in the form of signals, messages, images, or other items of information. The main target of this noise would be the consciousness of a person or a group of people. Behavior modification could be one objective of information noise. Another could be to upset an individual's mental capacity to such an extent as to prevent reaction to any stimulus. It makes you like a zombie. Solstev uh, concludes that all levels of a person's psyche, which are subconscious, conscious, and superconscious, are potential targets for destabilization. According to Solstev, one computer virus capable of affecting a person's psyche is Russian virus 666. Very telling. They love these little numbers, don't they? It manifests itself in every 25th frame of a visual display where it produces a combination of colors that allegedly put computer operators into a trance. Uh, the subconscious per- perception of the new pattern eventually results in arrhythmia of the heart, as I was telling you earlier. The Pentagon's got it too. Other Russian computer specialists, not just Solsev, talk openly about this 25th frame effect and its ability to subtly manage a computer user's perceptions. The purpose of this technique is to inject a thought into the viewer's subconscious. It may remind some of the subliminal advertising controversy in the U.S. in the late 1950s. They were way back with all this stuff, trying to own the public. How the U.S. views these uh, wonder weapons, altering the data processing ability of the body. What technologies have been examined by the U.S. that possess the potential to disrupt the data processing capabilities of the human organism? The 7th of July, 97 issue of U.S. News and World Report described several of them designed, amongst other things, to vibrate the insides of humans, stun or nauseate them, put them to sleep, heat them up, or knock them down with a shockwave. The technologies include dazzling lasers that can force the pupils to close, acoustic or sonic frequencies that cause the hair cells in the inner ear to vibrate and cause motion sickness, vertigo and nausea or frequencies that resonate to the internal organs causing pain and spasms and shockwaves with the potential to knock down humans or airplanes which can be mixed with pepper spray or chemicals. So the ones that use, that can actually cause the heart to stop, by the way, and uh, it can also 
I caused motion sickness or intense nausea were demonstrated by Dr. Nick Bigage on Canadian television, Wendy Mesley, who uh, was, the, was the host. And he said he claimed that he got all these ones from the 1950s with the size of a TV remote control uh, gizmo or, or a modern cell phone, even some of them. Uh, and and uh, they could basically, they were using them from the 1950s and high levels, very high levels of CIA. Very old stuff. That's what I'm telling you. Whatever you think is new or the latest, they've had, it's actually antique. They've had it long ago. That's why they let you know about it now. And it says anyway, it says with modification, these technological applications have many uses. Acoustic weapons, for instance, could be adopted for use as acoustic rifles or as acoustic fields that once established might protect facilities, assist in hostage rescues, control riots, and we've got all those gadgets have rolled out since 2001 to control riots, or clear paths for convoys. These waves, which can penetrate buildings, offer a host of opportunities for military and law enforcement officials. <laughs> Microwave weapons, by stimulating the peripheral nervous system, can heat up the body, induce epileptic-like seizures, or cause cardiac arrests. That's what you've got planned for you if you ever go on riot. Low-frequency radiation affects the electrical activity of the brain and can cause flu-like symptoms and nausea. And how many folk complain of that? Remember, Brzezinski was talking about using these things continent-wide to keep the people pacified back in the 70s. So other projects sought to induce or prevent sleep or to affect the signal from the motor cortex portion of the brain, overriding voluntary muscle movements. The latter are referred to as pulse wave weapons, and the Russian government has reportedly bought over 100,000 copies of the Black Widow version of them. However, this view of wonder weapons was contested by someone who should understand them, Brigadier General Larry Dodgan, Deputy Assistant to the Secretary of Defense for Policy and Missions, wrote a letter to the editor about the numerous inaccuracies in the U.S. News and World Report article that misrepresented the Department of Defense's views. Dodgen's primary complaint seemed to have been that the magazine misinterpreted the use of these technologies and their value to the armed forces. Well, that's how they play it down when it leaks out, you see. They always play it down. He also underscored the U.S. intent to work within the scope of any international treaty concerning their application as well as plans to abandon or at least redesign any weapon for which countermeasures are known. One is left with the feeling, however, that research in this area is intense. They're not toning it down, they're intensifying it. A concern not mentioned by Dodgen is that other countries or non-state actors may not be bound by the same constraints. It's hard to imagine someone with a greater desire than terrorists to get their hands on these technologies. Well, sure, your government wants it first, right? Psychoterrorism could be the next buzzword. And the Russian views on psychotronic war. The term psychoterrorism was coined by Russian writer N. Uh, Anisimov of the Moscow Anti-Psychotronic Center. According to Anisimov, uh, psychotronic weapons are those that act to take away a part of the information which is stored in a man's brain. It's sent to a computer which reworks it to the level needed for those who need to control the man, and the modified information is then reinserted into the brain. You understand what you're doing? This is old stuff, by the way, which was used back in the 60s. They can actually pick up brain waves from you, at a distance, wirelessly. And they can actually inject new signals so that your original thoughts are, are completely altered. 
and then they're controlling you. These weapons are used against the mind to induce hallucinations, sickness, and mutations in human cells, zombification, or even death. That's why you end up with so many uh, tumors now in the brain, mutations in human cells, or even death. Included in the arsenal are VHF generators, and that's in that CNN link I'll put up again tonight from the 1980s, where they show you some of these gadgets. X-rays, it's wonderful, you can X-rays use on you too, which we know they are doing now, aren't they, with the vans that go by in the streets and X-ray you just like they do at the airports. Ultrasound and radio waves. Russian Army Major I. Chernyshev, writing in the military journal Orienteer in February 97, asserted that psi weapons are under development all over the globe. All over the globe. Specific types of weapons noted by Chernyshev, not all of which have prototypes, were... A psychotronic generator which produces a powerful electromagnetic emanation capable of being sent through the telephone lines. Isn't that wonderful, eh? The, the phone rings, you pick it up, and you end up being a zombie. TV, radio networks, supply pipes, and incandescent lamps. Well, that's the, your new lovely lamps I've got. You know what's the field around those lamps? Those wonderful, uh, you know, current-saving lamps. They made it law that you must use. An autonomous generator, a device that operates in the 10 to 150 hertz band, which is at the 10 to 20 hertz band, forms an infrasonic oscillation that is destructive to all living creatures. A nervous system generator designed to paralyze the central nervous system of insects, which could have the same applicability to humans. Isn't that wonderful? You're just an insect now. Ultrasound emanations which one institute claims to have developed, devices using ultrasound emanations are supposedly capable of carrying out bloodless internal operations without leaving a mark on the skin. They can also, according to Chernyshev, be used to kill. Noiseless cassettes. Chernyshev claims that the Japanese have developed the ability to place infra-low frequency voice patterns over music, patterns that are detected by the subconscious. Russians claim to be using similar bombardments with computer programming to treat alcoholism or smoking. The 25th frame effect, effect also alluded to above, a technique which wherein every, each 25th frame of a movie reel or film footage contains a message that's picked up by the subconscious. This technique, if it works, could possibly be used to curb smoking and alcoholism. Well, that's doing it for that, isn't it? But as wider, more sinister applications if used on a TV audience or a computer operator. Psychotropics defined as medical preparations used to induce a trance, euphoria, or depression. Referred to as slow-acting mines, they could be slipped into the food of a politician or into the water supply of an entire city. Symptoms include headaches, noise, voice or commands in the brain, dizziness, pain, abdominal cavities, cardiac arrhythmia, or even destruction of the cardiovascular system. There's confirmation from U.S. researchers that this type of study is going on. Dr. Janet Morris, co-author of The Warrior's Edge, reportedly went to the Moscow Institute of Psychocorrelations in 1991. There she was shown a technique pioneered by Russian Department of Psychocorrection at Moscow Medical Academy, in which researchers electronically analyzed the human mind in order to influence it. The input subliminal command messages using keywords transmitted in white noise or music. Using an infrasound, very low frequency transmission, the acoustic psychocorrelation uh, message is transmitted via bone conduction. 
And you can do that too, voice to skull, of course. In summary, Chernyshev noticed that some of the military significant aspects of the psi weaponry deserve closer research, including the following non-traditional methods for disrupting the psyche of an individual. ESP research, determining the properties and condition of objects without ever making contact with them and reading people's thoughts. Clairvoyance research, observing objects that are located just beyond the world of the visible, used for intelligence purposes, but they use technology to do it. Telepathy research, transmitting thoughts over a distance used for covert operations. Telekinesis research, this was already in Russia at the time, actions involving the manipulation of physical objects through thought power causing them to move or break apart, used against command and control systems or to disrupt the functioning of weapons of mass destruction. Psychokinesis research, interfering with the thoughts of individuals on either strategic or tactical level. So it's all done technologically, understand. For many U.S. scientists undoubtedly question this research, it receives strong support in Moscow. The point to underscore is that individuals in Russia and other countries as well believe these means can be used to attack or steal from the data processing unit of a human body. Solnsev's research mentioned above differs slightly from that of Chernyshev. For example, Solnsev is more interested in hardware capabilities, specifically the study of information energy source associated with the computer operator interface. He stresses that if these energy sources can be captured and integrated into the modern computer, the result will be a network with more, worth more than a simple sum of its components. Other researchers are studying high-frequency generators, those designed to stun the psyche with high-frequency waves such as electromagnetic and acoustic and gravitational. The, the manipulation or re- reconstruction of someone's thinking through planned measures such as reflexive control processes, that's where they bounce back your own thoughts to yourself, <laughs> but alter them. The use of psychotronics and so on, uh, and they, they took it, or, or, or anti-ESP training. The last item is of particular interest. According to Russians, a TV broadcast, um, uh, the strategic rocket forces have begun anti-ESP training to ensure that no outside force can take over command and control functions of the force. That is, they're trying to construct a firewall around the heads of the operators. At the end of July 1997, planners for Joint Warrior Interoperability Demonstration 97 focused on technology that enhanced real-time collaborative planning in a multinational task force of the type used in Bosnia and in Operation Desert Storm. I hope you realize they actually used the HARP technologies in Desert Storm, uh, the first one, and you saw these stunned troops coming out. Their, their minds were gone. They were blank. They were sort of wandering around, bumping into each other. Uh, they called them uh, giving up. But no, they weren't giving up. They were out of it. <laughs> And that was reported in the British newspapers, by the way. JWID-97 network, called the Coalition Wide Area Network, is the first military network that allows allied nations to participate as full and equal partners. The demonstration, in effect, was a trade fair for private companies to demonstrate their goods. Defence ministries got to decide where and how to spend their money wiser, in many cases without incurring the cost of prototypes. It's a good example of doing business better with less Technologies demonstrated included uh, soldiers using laptop computers to drag crosshairs over maps to call in airstrikes, soldiers carrying beepers and mobile phones rather than guns, generals tracking movements of every unit, counting the precise number of shells fired around the globe, and inspecting real-time damage inflicted on an enemy, all with multicolored graphics. 
Every account of this exercise emphasized the ability of systems to process data and provide information feedback via the power invested in their microprocessors. The ability to affect or defend the data processing capability of the human operators of these systems was never mentioned during the exercise. It has received only slight attention during countless exercises over the past several years. The time has come to ask why we appear to be ignoring the operators of our systems. That's because they're ten a penny. Clearly, the operation uh, operator exposed before, before the vast array of potentially immobilizing weapons is the weak spot in any nation's military assets. There are few international agreements protecting the individual soldier, and these rely on the goodwill of the combatants. Some nations and terrorists of every stripe don't care about such agreements, and the U.S. is one of them. Uh, this article has used the, the term data processing to demonstrate its, its importance to ascertaining what so-called information warfare and information operators or operations are all about. Data processing is the action this nation and others need to protect. Information is nothing more than the output of this activity. As a result, the emphasis on information-related warfare terminology, called information dominance, information carousel is another name for it, that has proliferated for a decade, does not seem to fit the situation before us. In some cases, the battle to affect or protect data processing elements pits one mechanical system against another. In other cases, mechanical systems may be confronted by the human organism or vice versa, since humans can usually shut down any mechanical system with the flip of a switch. In reality, the game is about protecting or affecting signals, waves, and impulses that can influence the data processing elements of our systems, computers, or people. <laughs> influence our people, I like that part. We are potentially the biggest victims of information warfare because we have neglected to protect ourselves. No, we've been given no opportunity. And how can you against these evil guys at the top, like the one that wrote this article, who's involved in knocking you all out, if need be, with this type of technology? Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back, cutting through the matrix, and that was from the the, the U.S. Army War College, and uh, it's called The Mind Has No Firewall, and they've made sure of that, and they certainly have made sure of that, and when they talk about enemies, you've got to understand what the government perceives as its potential enemy. Uh, now there's callers on the line there, I'll try and get maybe one in, I'll try George from Philadelphia, if he's there. Is George there? Yes, uh, Mr. Watt, how do you do today? Not too bad. Not too bad is better than uh, not too good. Well, you can never be too good. It's just that you never reach that stage anymore. This is true. <laughs> this is true. And uh, might I say I'm honored that you had me have me on this evening. I had a few things I wanted to go over with you, but uh, where to start? I don't want to take up too much of your time, as I'm sure there are many others uh, waiting to speak with you. Yeah, we've only got a couple of minutes left anyway. Oh, wow, yeah, that's true. Okay, well, uh, <clears throat> well, I guess I'll start. You see, uh, growing up, uh, I grew up on a rich diet of science fiction, uh, whether it had been comic books, uh, yeah. television series, and what have you. And I consider myself fortunate in that when I, I had graduated high school in 1998, just prior to... Uh, 
the dependency we all now seem to have on computers and the internet and the iPhones and all that stuff. Yeah. And uh, one of the uh, two science fiction modern, well, Doctor Who, for instance, uh-huh. which is uh, they have a modern version and uh, the classical version. And uh, one of their villains is a race of uh, creatures they call the Cybermen. And the qualities of these creatures are there were once human beings such as you and I. Yeah. And uh, what they do is uh, they decided emotions were getting in their way. Yeah. So what they do is they go across the universe, basically. They kidnap humans, remove the brain, put it into a cybernetic body and remove the emotion. Mm-hmm. And then they are in part of a hive mind. And the same as the Borg on the Star Trek series. Yeah. And the Phalanx and the X-Men and the yeah. Dire Wraiths and the Marvel mm-hmm. Comics and the Autons and the classic Doctor Who. Yeah. This hive-minded villain seems to be a, a constant mm-hmm. in science fiction. Yeah. And I am very grateful to uh, my... Uh, High school teacher, uh, Mrs. Hack, who uh, forced me to read Aldo Huxley's Brave New World. I doubt it's even on the high school reading lists anymore. No, it's not. Oh, really? I'm not surprised. Uh, you know, even uh, analogies aren't even on the SATs anymore in the United States. Yeah. So people have no way of even associating uh, one topic with another. Never, never to even guess that uh, Huxley attended world meetings long before he wrote the book uh, and, and Brave New World. And, uh, and he goes through it in Brave New World Revisited as to the fact that all that stuff they talked about was, was, wasn't just possible, it was, it was very probable. <laughs> yeah, and I'm seeing that. And I saw it then, too, back when I was 17 and 18, albeit I was not quite able to express it in the way that I am now. Uh-huh. And listening to you, I've been listening to you for the past several months, and mm-hmm. uh, you kind of uh, put, put put the words in, put to words that which I was aware of. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's it. That whole thing is connecting it all together and showing you there's not really no such thing as just fiction because psychological operations have been going on for over 140 years in the sci-fi venue. Yeah, it's predictive programming. It's predictive See, programming. I walk around my, uh, but I've got to go now. That's the, that's the music, though. But thanks for calling in, George. It's uh, predictive programming, and they get you used for things to come, and you just accept it because it's already in your mind. From Hamish myself from Interior Canada, it's good night to me. Your God, your God, school with you.